Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay. With me, as always, is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm great. I, I'm here with my object of focus. I've got my candle lit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm ready That's for good. this seance. Well, I'm going to say <clears throat> I'm even more on brand than you are because we're <laughs> we are doing a uh, our second movie that was uh, produced during quarantine, and I got COVID just <laughs> for the occasion. I wanted to make it. You like asked the universe for it, and the universe provided. Yep, I wanted to make it as authentic an experience as possible. <laughs> So I have COVID and we are doing this remotely. I actually, I thought about maybe seeing if we wanted to actually do it on video um, mm. just to be extra on brand, but uh, I, I, I'm in no com- commission condition to be on for anyone to see what I look like currently. So <laughs> yeah, that would probably be pushing the theme a little too far. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but what are we talking about today? We're talking about the movie Host from 2020. It's number 34 on our list. It's This is a movie mm. from 2020. It's number 34 on the list. This movie is less than an hour long. And it uh, it is it shot right to the top. And one of the reasons why I think this is a first for us, Amanda, it has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. Yeah. Really? Yep. Which has to be... That's really interesting. I assume uh, the reason it's not higher must be due to the number of reviews or something, because it has 100%, and then everything everything that's higher than it has less than 100%. So I can only... Is there anything else that has 100%? This might be... Yeah, wow. uh, No, there's one, one, two, three. Oh, Frankenstein from 1931 has 100%. And, uh, only two other movies, Creep 2, which I'm not familiar what? with, and His <laughs> his House from 2020. Huh. Interesting. Well, Interesting. We'll get to those eventually. Yeah, someday. Uh, but yes, we are, we're, we are covering Host, the found footage, if you can call it that, horror movie that was a, uh, in a Shudder original. Um, mm-hmm. Had you seen this before watching it? this time no i had not because i remember i remember when you first saw it and you like immediately were like if this is not on our list i'm picking it as a wild card Mm -hmm. and i was like okay knowing that i can wait for this to come into my life because i knew it was going to sooner rather than later yeah i um i watched this the way everyone should watch this which is i that is to say it still worked this time um but the first time that i watched it uh was late at night by myself very dark home um right after it came out so right when all of the uh Mm. the covid stuff was was still very much on everybody's mind and still uh in in full swing zoom meetings were the norm yes and uh (laughs) <clears throat> scared the shit out of me man <laughs> <laughs> i mean it it i will say before we get into it, it it worked on me sitting in my bedroom on like a random evening as the sun set mm-hmm. like it wasn't even full dark when we started it yeah. and, and i still was like ooh. yeah it's really interesting <laughs> Creeped out. one of the things that i think will be fun to talk about is how it, it is it is a movie 
made for the streaming age that is best viewed via mm-hmm. a streaming platform. Um, yeah. Because it just, you know, the there are there are movies that are made for the big screen, movies that are made for TV, and now I think that there are mm-hmm. movies that are made for lower fidelity smaller mm-hmm. screens and that really enhances mm-hmm. enhances the experience and i think this is definitely one of them absolutely uh but we are going to take a quick break we'll play you the trailer and then we will come back and talk about host hey hi guys hey girl caroline hi teddy Let's do a shot, girl, to us. Okay, everyone, get in. Three, two, one. Have you ever done anything like this before? I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why Spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's going to happen. Visualize us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forth. What was that? Amy, was that you? I heard it. I heard heard something. I think there's something here. Do you see that? (laughs) Emma, that's funny. connected with something we gotta keep going we gotta talk to it this is not good i told you not to disrespect the spirits it could be something i'm gonna turn the filters off come on All right, Host from 2020, directed by Rob Savage, written by Gemma Hurley, Rob Savage, and Jed Shepard, starring Haley Bishop, Gemma Moore, Emma Louise Webb, Radina Drandova, Caroline Ward, Edward Leonard, Salen Baxter, and James Swanton as Jack, the rowdy ghost. Oh. Amanda, what happens in Host? Six friends accidentally invite the attention of a demonic presence during an online seance and begin noticing strange occurrences in their homes. Yes, I would say that is true. That last part is underselling it a hair, but yes. I I appreciate the undersell rather than the oversell. I feel like... That's true, yeah. Yeah, so many of these summaries we get to and then I'm just like, well, that blew the whole thing. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Clay, some things you'll find in host include mm-hmm. uh, an awkward dad cameo by uh, Caroline's actual father. So that's fun. <laughs> I love be- that. I love be- that so much because, because this I was. Don't know... Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say I don't know about you, but I, I definitely more than once had an accidental cameo of someone else in my household during COVID. On the, a Zoom. The uh, <clears throat> the only one I can think of, I I I didn't really do <laughs> Zoom 
uh, Caitlin did a lot more Zoom stuff than I did. She was doing work stuff. The only time that she ended up on camera, I don't even know if it was during COVID. Anyway, mm-hmm. it, it probably was. Was during one of our, our Star Trek podcasts where she didn't <laughs> she didn't realize we were on video. <laughs> And yes. so she was moving around very quietly in the background. <laughs> and then at a certain point in the show, she just kind of like fades from view like a ghost. <clears throat> but she was very, very being very conscientious to try to move like a ninja to be quiet behind us, not realizing she was actually on camera. I love the idea of her just tiptoeing around behind you like snidely whiplash. That's, mm-hmm. What, <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> uh, Clay, you'll also find... A trans-dimensional drinking game. Yes. Um, pro- arguably the catalyst for, for Jack the Ghost's uh, angriness, because he was, they were not taking this seriously at all, and he, uh, he, really, he really showed them. <laughs> yeah, he set them straight. Um, maintaining COVID safety procedures, even in the midst of a demonic attack. I did really appreciate that when Gemma yeah. <laughs> leaves to go to Haley's house. <laughs> Uh, she puts she, a mask on. She puts first. a mask on, and then once mm-hmm. they once they end up meeting each other in the house, they touch elbows. They don't actually hug. Oh, really? <laughs> I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you'll also find a boyfriend who takes hanging around way too literally. Yeah, he's that's one of my favorite parts of this is when he comes crashing down from the ceiling because it's you, you kind of completely forget about him, and then they literally drop him on you, and it works very very well. I really loved that because i caught i think it worked like perfectly as intended on me where i caught a glimpse of i think it was his legs yes yeah like very briefly at some point when they're showing all like five or six of the different windows in the zoom call all at once so your Mm -hmm. your attention's kind of split and i definitely saw his legs in the background and i don't think fully registered what they were just that i saw something Mm. And so then when he gets dropped from the ceiling, I was like, oh, that's what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is this is, as I said, it's our second movie that was produced during the pandemic. uh, The last one Mm -hmm. being In the Earth. And um, this one is a lot more uh, directly referencing everything. I think if I had to guess, I think In the Earth is probably was probably shot much later into the pandemic than mm-hmm. this was. Uh, I think this was shot fairly early on. Um, Cause I remember this coming out like uh, a couple months into everything. It didn't seem like yeah. it was that long. Yeah. I, I think in the earth was kind of conceived of and, and like executed in maybe the very, like towards like mid 2020 into like the very beginning of 2021 because it came out in 2021. Mm. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's it's not that far off. Actually, host it says the UK release for host was December 4th, 2020. I could have sworn it was earlier than that. But mm. uh, it says uh, in the earth was January 29th, 2021. So they're only about a month apart. That's interesting. That's that seems really strange to me because I could have sworn that this was earlier than that well didn't didn't this come about because like the the director who made it didn't he do like a shorter version of it first yes he did yeah he did it as a um as a kind of a joke that he played on his friends oh fun i would murder a friend who did that to me (laughs) 
Um, yeah, it says the film has its basis in a short film created by director Rob Savage in early 2020. The short featured Savage investigating strange sounds in his attic while on a group video chat with others. It was initially intended as a prank as the others were unaware that a frightening visage would pop up on camera and Savage placed Mm. the video online where it went viral. Uh, he, uh, Savage found the format easy to watch and chose to apply it to a feature length film. He has stated that the short's success enabled him to create host after producers contacted him upon seeing the viral video, but making a longer film. Um, so this is obviously different than in the earth because this is, like I said, much more directly tied to the events that were currently happening at the time. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you feel about um, each of these approaches like how do you how do you feel about a movie like this that is directly tied to everybody's shared experience versus something Mm -hmm. that is just trying to make a movie um, under the circumstances without really directly referencing them you know I think it's interesting because I think that I think both of these movies are dealing in their different ways with the pandemic and the effects the pandemic mm-hmm. could or did or has or is <laughs> having on people. This one host to me feels both more directly relatable because I think, you know, you and I and many other people had that experience of sort of everything just shutting down and being stuck in your house in a way that makes you kind of bored and you're using like zoom and video chat to kind of maintain social connections and coming up with like i don't know like dumb games or activities to do with your friends so that you all don't go totally stir crazy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like that's really relatable to a certain demographic but i also think it's like very unrelatable to a lot of people who had like no i'm an essential worker i still went to work every right, day right <laughs> right well i'm just waiting for the sequel that is uh it's basically saw but it's a bunch of people playing jackbox games <laughs> but the host of jackbox becomes jigsaw yes yes yeah yeah perfect i love it let's let's make that crossover happen yeah um, well, yeah oh go ahead no no just just that it's it's interesting because i feel like in a few more years looking back, this movie is still going to, I think, be a good, like, scary movie. But I think it's going to end up feeling really dated. Mm. Whereas I think In the Earth is going to be a little more, not to make the pun, but a little more evergreen. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I um, <clears throat> you know, this this is, I guess, would be called a found footage movie because it is all first person camera and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they found there there uh there is another movie that came out I think before this um that is uses the same kind of uh format. It's called Unfriended. Yeah, it came out in 2014. Oh. And uh, I don't think it's particularly very good. And oh. <laughs> at the but at the same time it might have been a little ahead of its time because this format is so specifically tied to this shared experience everybody was having at the time in a way that it just mm-hmm. wouldn't be in 2014. Like, I I mean, Zoom, the word Zoom has become like the word Google or Kleenex or Band-Aid 
where mm-hmm. in March or February of 2020, I had never even heard of it as a as a program. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't do a lot of that stuff with my job, so it's I, it's just not something yeah. I ever use. So it never really came across my my uh, my my desk at all. But like, it became so ubiquitous to everybody staying in conne- in connection, like you were, like you were mm-hmm. saying, that mm-hmm. it just um, I think it tapped into this taps into something in a way that you know the best found footage movies do where they kind of take the technology of the time and figure out a way to to really make it um, uh, scary and turn it on its head. Because one of the things that I loved yeah. about this is that I was thinking about this time is, you know, one of the one of the big complaints everybody has about haunted house movies is like, well, why don't they just leave the house? This movie mm-hmm. has a pretty good reason why nobody leaves the house. Mm. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's like there's a global pandemic and you're like literally not supposed to right yeah yeah and it 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 also it 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 keeps everybody apart so nobody uh-huh. nobody can help the other one out you're just forced to watch as these things happen until Gemma obviously takes the initiative because she lives so close to Haley but um mm-hmm. but yeah it just really kind of the setting is so great for um not only just giving you scares in the background and scares in the foreground, wherever they feel like putting the scares, but it, the subtextual yeah. and like background elements of a scary movie get kind of like dissected and, and decompressed a little bit uh, because of the format. Yeah. And I, and I think it's interesting again, like comparing this to in the earth, like in, in the earth is a movie about almost like agoraphobia, like being, afraid of things being too big sure <laughs> like sure. being too far out there having too much space and too much emptiness around you and this is like a host is like a claustrophobia movie where it's like you are stuck you're really in these small spaces like most of the characters live in apartments like they don't have a lot of of wiggle room to move around other than i think like teddy is the only one who really has like space to roam everyone else is kind of trapped in like there's a bedroom there's a kitchen that's maybe also the living room and there's a bathroom and like a hallway and that's it i will say though most of these girls living alone in london they had pretty nice places for for (laughs) girls in their like (laughs) mid-20s i don't know i don't know what they're doing for jobs but they're very well paid one of them's living with her boyfriend. One of them's living with her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? Maybe they're not actually in London. You know, maybe they're in some of the smaller cities that are, or like the suburbs that you just have an apartment. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I did wonder. Uh, I was I was a little bit bummed that Caroline's dad didn't come back again. I don't know if the ghost got him first or something, but yeah, that <laughs> that does feel a little bit like a like a like a weirdly dangling thing to yeah just not address that that that's that is interesting i hadn't thought of that yeah but speaking of the space mm. um this movie actually you know it it works on a lot of the same uh techniques that the innkeepers does 
And hmm. it's the same kind of stuff. And it's the stuff that I love that I think is very, very effective, which is lots of open doors, lots of deep spaces where you're, it just, it's drawing your eyes into them because yeah. you're, you're expecting something to come, to come out at you or to be moving. <clears throat> it creates all of this atmosphere for you to experience and, and, uh, and build your own sense of dread in, in a way mm-hmm. that just like a confined singular area doesn't. Um, and they, yeah. they even do the thing that they do in, in the innkeepers where they, they crank the volume up. Um, mm-hmm. and so you get like the, they, they, they'll go into the preferences on zoom and crank the input on their, <laughs> on their microphones way up. So you get like the, the hiss of the microphone and, and it makes yep. you get really quiet cause you're listening for any sort of noise that comes through. I think that stuff is really, really effective. Yeah. And I, and I think going along with that, it's also like you were saying, like you're kind of constantly checking their backgrounds. Like you're, you're. Yeah. You're waiting for the thing behind them to, to show up or for something to happen. So by doing the sort of gallery view when they do it with all of the different screens of all the different girls, you're like checking each one, but you're trying to look at all of them at the same time. Right. So you're really not focusing on any of them. So then something's going to happen and you might catch it. Like I, ca- I caught the legs, but I didn't really get a great look. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's a perfect setup to play those kind of games with your mind. Yeah, it really keeps you on edge in a way that these movies, like, it, take a movie like Paranormal Activity, where mm-hmm. you are locked into a singular shot, uh, just due to the way that the, that movie is set up, and so mm-hmm. you spend all of this long extended time in this singular shot, and so your eyes are kind of like <clears throat> digging into all the shadows of this singular shot and into the deep background and stuff, but with this one... You've got six of them going at the same time. And so it keeps you so much more on edge because mm-hmm. you're constantly darting around. And they, you know, they they drive you through it very well, where you know they will cut to a singular a single shot every now and then so they can so you focus mm-hmm. in on certain stuff. But yeah, that that uh gallery view is just really effective for for keeping you off balance and and never quite knowing where the next thing is going to come from and like you said you might even miss it and if you miss Mm -hmm. it then you're kind of focusing in on the one that you missed just in time for the next one to happen somewhere else yep yep and i think also like you were saying that the kind of low fidelity quality of the images makes it really interesting in that way too because you know when like the shadows and the sort of like color gradients get sort of pixelated and blotchy in that weird way mm. you're you're seeing you're like wait is that something moving or is that just like the bad image quality of right. this person's webcam well, but it keeps you in that weird that weird uncertain like space in your head and they even play with that within the movie itself because once they um when they start the seance uh mm-hmm. what's her name Ceylon the the Ceylon yeah Ceylon the uh, uh medium is uh, asking Radina, is that her name? I think so. I think it's yeah. Radina. Yeah. Um, about a light she sees in the background on her camera, um, and it turns out just to be a uh, a reflection from the candle. And yeah. that's that's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, she points it out, and then you key in on it, and then you start going like, well, I mean, is it just a reflection? What the hell is that? Right. And so not even the people in the movie understand what is 
what they're actually seeing, which mm-hmm. I think goes a long way as, as well to kind of like keep you on your toes, but also prepare you for the kind of thing you're in for as far as yeah. what am I looking at? What am I seeing? What am I actually seeing? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think like the way this movie plays with those sort of visual cues and auditory cues is really fun. I also like really like the sort of immediate shorthand you get with this group of mostly young women. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need a whole hell of a lot of like introduction to any of them. You don't need a ton of background. You can kind of read really quickly, like visually who they all are. And I think getting to see them in their homes when they've been stuck in their homes is like a a huge contributing factor to that because you can kind of get the vibe of like one of the girls is a little more childish. Like she's got like bunny slippers and, and, and like patterned pajamas on Mm -hmm. and Haley's really serious. And she has this kind of like very like clean and clinical apartment. Like she clearly is like a very type a, like very organized person. And like, I liked that you could read so much about each character within the first minute or two of meeting them based on like visually how they looked and then how they sort of talked and related to one another really quickly. Like these people were obviously like real friends who were supposed to be like really comfortable with one another. So you get like a true read on them very fast. Yeah. And I also like that within that uh, quick read that you get, um, you also get a sense of how each one of them is, is approaching this seance that they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. which varies from taking it seriously to not taking it seriously at all to being very to transdimensional to transdimensional drinking, game. drinking games yes <laughs> um which i think is 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 great because it, it it doesn't take long for you to get those things across and it also feels very um honest as far as how people yeah. would come to a uh, a thing like this like i remember um I forget for whose birthday, one of our mutual friends, we did a mm. Zoom escape room. Yes. And uh <laughs> Yep. I I as it was happening, I was one of our uh mutual friends, Dave, was texting me basically just eye rolling emojis uh as we were working through this whole thing because he thought it was the dumbest thing he'd ever paid money to do. <laughs> So he's the one who let the demon into the friend group. Yes, yes, it was him. Yeah, I got it, got it. But yeah, you know, it's it, anytime, <laughs> especially in a situation like we were all in, you're going out of your comfort zone or doing something you might not immediately think to do just to have something mm-hmm. to do. And so, you know, there's going to be a, a variety of uh, levels of seriousness brought to the occasion. Um, yeah, especially when you're doing something like a seance, which already like it really depends on your personal stance on those kinds of things. Like yeah. how credulous are you towards like spiritualist sort of leaning things? Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in an afterlife? Do you think it's all bullshit? Are you somewhere in between? Like mm-hmm. when you add that in and then also make it like a Friday night online entertainment when you've been cooped up in your house for six months like it it kind of ratchets it up to a different level yeah and i think i think what ends up happening too is you know Gemma creates this fake story about this this uh boy she went to school with named jack who who hanged himself 
And mm-hmm. she doesn't even, I mean, she does do it to kind of take the piss a little bit, but at the same time, she's really doing it, she says, because nothing happened. And like, it's yeah. almost like she felt the need to fill the space with something. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point where it's it's that sort of like awkward, <laughs> like no one really knows what to say and everything's just kind of like dragging and you're all sitting there staring at the screen like, well, what have you been up to? Right. Oh, nothing because we can't do anything because it's COVID. Cool. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I would feel the same way if, if someone was like, let's do what if we all did like a group Zoom meditation thing? And then I'd be sitting there while this person is trying to very seriously talk us through a meditation. I'd just be like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> well, I I remember, you know, like it was recent enough, you know, a year, year and a half ago that we were actually doing these kinds of things with our friends. Yeah, and yeah. it's I remember like. You know, it would be somebody's birthday or somebody would be like, oh, are people going to be around Friday night? Who wants to like jump on a Zoom? And you would. And sometimes there was just like nothing to say and it would get really like. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, All right. Good. Good to see you, I guess. And and so, yeah, like I, I do understand that kind of reaction where it's just like this is getting too uncomfortable and I have to like do or say something. We need to make something happen. It's so strange, isn't it? Because I mean, like we've all known our our mutual friend group has known each other for twenty years, depending on mm-hmm. who you're talking to, and mm-hmm. I I don't think we've ever been at a loss for something to talk about in person. <laughs> but then you know yeah. you would jump onto Zoom, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, kids are good. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and I I think part of it's like during the lockdowns like no one was doing anything so there was Mm. nothing to like even if you hadn't talked in like three weeks there was nothing to catch up on yeah that's true so there was no like oh no i went and i saw this movie it was really cool or like i visited my friend in portland and it was awesome and we went here and then i did this like nobody had any of those just like anecdotal day-to-day things to talk about and so yeah you ended up with that sort of like stilted like everyone trying a little too hard everybody Mm. like like that's very relatable in this movie when you see like when as everybody's getting on to the zoom call there's moments where it's sort of like somebody will get on and it's like oh hi how are you yeah okay yeah (laughs) yeah that's why that's why i thought our uh um our group online movie watching thread thing that Mm -hmm. we were doing was like a Mm -hmm. a godsend because at least it gave us something to talk about (laughs) (laughs) yes some sort of external focus that wasn't just like i don't know brooding on the state of the world at the time right right yeah which is another interesting thing in this movie where it's kind of like you can see really early on the cracks in the this group of friends like is it is it um, is it Radina who has like the shitty boyfriend who? Yes. Yeah. So it's like she's kind of arguing with like the boyfriend's like really loudly and aggressively and like pointedly chopping vegetables in the background, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she gets in an argument with him about it. And and as she's off camera and like off mic, 
all the other girls are kind of going like, you know, this is why you shouldn't have moved in together during the pandemic. Like you don't know somebody that well, and then you're stuck living with them and da da da. And then Teddy, who's on at the very beginning and then back on at the very end, has a girlfriend that nobody likes. And like Gemma and Haley clearly have some sort of tension going on, like maybe just butting heads personality wise. But like, and it seems like Caroline might have a thing for Teddy. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, when they say Teddy's going to be there, she's like, oh, nobody told me. I got all this shit on my face. So it seems like yeah. she might have a crush on Teddy or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting because it definitely seems like the distance has kind of the, the, the distance and probably like you could argue without they didn't have to highlight it. But the general stress of like living through a pandemic in a really uncertain period kind of enhances those those like cracks and and problems that are already there and makes them more ready to sort of crumble apart under stress which uh this movie definitely provides some stress yes well you know it's funny uh one of the things caitlin said uh in the scene where the boyfriend was chopping you know vegetables or whatever and then Uh he he leaves the room and she said oh yeah he went into he's gonna stay in the bedroom while while we do this caitlin said why doesn't she go into the bedroom? He's making dinner. <laughs> yeah. But she, she's got a pretty good point. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a good argument. Like maybe he's not a shitty boyfriend. Maybe she's a shitty girlfriend. Yeah. It's, it's very possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot in this movie that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, you want to like, if you have specific points you want to hit, but I, I definitely want to get into how well this uses like the trappings of zoom and similar technologies to scare the shit out of people. Please do. Like I loved the filters. Yes. Like the, ah, that was such a good gag. That was so good. Yeah. The, um, uh, uh, the filter is really good. Um, the background I think is Mm -hmm. probably the most inspired bit in the movie. I think. When, yeah. when they have Caroline's uh, looped video background and, and it says certain points she has left the room and then this looped video comes back and they, they think it's her for a second mm-hmm. and then they just they just let you sit in watching this loop and then in that way that you do when you break the plane uh, of your mm-hmm. digital background, she just comes smashing in and starts smashing her face and it was, oh, it's so good. It's so creepy. It's so great because... Not only do you have this, like you said, this moment where you're not sure, like, is it the loop? Is it her? When when she's smashing or getting her head smashed on the keyboard, you can see, me- like, gobbledygook messages popping up from her in the chat. I didn't even notice that. That was, that was a really, I was, thank you for pointing that out. Because uh, <laughs> I, it was such a great detail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of the other thing that's great about this movie is, like, there's so much stuff to find. Like, I actually... I don't know if I did it the same night. I might have watched it twice in the mm. same night because I think I watched it and then I, uh, I, you know, I needed to know more. It's definitely not that I was too afraid to go to sleep. Um, <clears throat> and so I looked up about a bunch of stuff about it in a couple interviews with the director. And then I think either the same night, poss- probably the next day, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, the sa- in the safety of the afternoon sun. <laughs> uh, I went back and I watched most of it again 
to try and pick out some of the things that I hadn't seen before. And it's, yeah, that there's just so much stuff. It's very, very dense with stuff to, to see and find. Yeah. And, and they're, they're not like hidden from you. There's just so much that right. you could be paying attention to. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love that detail where it's just like, you can see like in a real zoom when somebody sends a message, it says the name and then the start of what they've typed. Mm-hmm. And for her, every time she hits her head, th- it pops up and no one clicks on the chat at any point. So you see that there's like 13 messages or whatever there, which means that her head has been slammed against the keyboard at least 13 times. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I see. I, um, I never noticed that. That's awesome. And it, it and it's really, it's well done because she's kind of glitching in and out of the virtual background. So mm-hmm. you, you see her, but you don't feel you only fully see her a little bit and and it like it it was it was great to me the way that this movie it gives you plenty of violence without giving you a lot of gore right sure like it doesn't need to get like people get bloody and and it's it's clear people are getting injured or, or killed but like it's not a super gory gross out movie but it's still really scary yeah i mean when radina gets killed i don't i don't even <sighs> know what happens to her but it just uh, all of a sudden there's this big drop a big thud and her camera's now looking up and there's a single drop of blood on the lens mm-hmm. and that's that's more than enough to get across what they're trying to go for you know you don't have to have blood coming down the screen yeah yeah definitely i also like the uh, uh sticking with the zoom stuff um the whole the whole thing takes place within the free Zoom trial. <laughs> the uh, the forty minutes which, uh, the forty minutes or an hour uh, Zoom free trial time time constraint. Which was such such a like that really that I think of all things really brought me back mm-hmm. to that like period of time because so like for school I'd used Zoom for a couple years now. So like I was fairly comfortable with zoom when the pandemic happened. I, mm-hmm. I used it for like classes sometimes and like one-on-one meetings with my professors and, and things like that. Cause it was just easier. Um, but I always have had uh, an account through school or work. So I've always had a paid account. Mm. So like I remember <laughs> early on in the pandemic lockdowns when other people were getting on zoom to like do these sort of social events and people would be like, Oh, well, you know, I'll host, but that means like, if we're starting at nine, we're, we're done by nine 45, it's going to be over. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's because of the free trial. It has nothing to do with the fact that we just <laughs> want to get out of here in less than an hour. <laughs> yeah. We just have nothing to talk about after the first 25 minutes. So, right. right. <laughs> But yeah, that was a very like nostalgic, like that gave me that feeling of like really being back in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, I also, um, I think, no, I probably used Zoom before this, but I, I really liked the credits at the end. Yeah. Just scrolling through the Zoom contacts, I thought that was very clever. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. The. Uh, uh, the, the, one of the other things that was oddly effective, even though it's a dumb little detail, is when mm-hmm. the the each person would disconnect, it would 
switch to that yeah. that still photograph, which was usually th- of them at a much happier time. Mm-hmm. And so you get uh, you go from the the still the still frozen video of Teddy burning alive to like his smiling yeah. face, and then that's gone. <laughs> and then you go from uh, the loop in Caroline's room to like her mm-hmm. smiling face, and then that's gone. You go from the shot of uh, Radina's blood soaked camera to a still. I thought it was it was really effective. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and like it was. <sighs> It was creepy because it's so familiar at this point. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's so effective because I think at this, like, for so many of us, that's just, like, unremarkable at, at this point. And, and so I like, I like that. It's, it's just an eerie juxtaposition, too, of, like, they were so happy and this is like, oh, it's just normal and signing off. And it's like, no, there's definitely a dead burning corpse over there. <laughs> There is something built into the whole concept, too, isn't there, where it's like it's a found footage film, but it is it sets itself apart in that the person holding the camera can see behind them. Mm-hmm. Whereas usually it's you can only see what's in front of you. And I, I think yeah. that that yeah. creates a whole different level of tension when you can see what's happening behind you, but also everybody else can see it, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so and it's yeah, and they they use so many other trappings of the found footage uh style really well. Uh like when Caroline takes out the um the selfie stick so she doesn't have to oh, go into the attic. I thought that was so brilliant. Yeah, that's really it's good. So like that whole And I think that's the interesting thing that this movie does is it takes so many things that feel like very basic kind of haunted house, like Amityville horror, the conjuring style stuff, but puts this twist on it Mm. with the zoom, the zoom conceit. And I thought using the selfie stick was just brilliant because it's like, yeah, you want to know what's making the noise up there, but you don't want to go up there. Mm -hmm. So put your phone on an extendable stick just yeah. like stick it up there and have everybody else tell you what they see. <laughs> right. And so since, smart. And since she is not actively looking, she's just mindlessly spinning it. It uh-huh. makes perfect sense that you would pass by something and just keep going. Like she yeah. does when you see those those, you know, gross legs that are just hanging there. Um Yeah. So because there it 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 kind of takes it takes it away from from uh, takes the agency away a little for a second where you can't everyone you, they can't get her to stop because she didn't see right. what was happening and stuff like that. It's it's yeah it's just it's a great a great addition. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting that you sort of drew the the comparison to the innkeepers because the two things I was thinking about when I as I was watching this was uh, the Blair Witch. Yep. And the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, interesting. Elab- Just because elaborate. there is that's that's sort of like malevolent supernatural presence mm-hmm. in a very enclosed area with your characters who cannot escape it. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know if that one's a little bit of a stretch, but the, the Blair Witch, like the heritage from the Blair Witch, was so clear. Yes. For me. Yeah. This. There's there's actually. Um, I saw 
an interview with the director, or maybe it was just on Twitter or something. I mean, that's what Twitter is now. When I see an interview, it means I read a Twitter thread. Um, <laughs> where he was mentioning that there are, there's a lot of stuff that they do that are is direct callbacks to other previous found footage movies. Um, mm. I think a lot of the up-close stuff with Emma when she's uh, crying underneath the blanket, you know, yeah. snotting out of her nose is very clearly Blair Witch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the flower on the floor with the footsteps through the flower, I think, is from Paranormal Activity. Um, mm. And I think one of the shots of one of the shots of the monster, I think it's the attic shot, I yeah. think is from Wreck, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I can I can see that. Didn't did Wreck also have a sequence where they were using the camera flash? Maybe maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I, I can't remember if if it was that. I feel like someone has done that before, and it's yeah. it's really effective. It's really good, especially yeah. man the, when they when she's when she's looking. An, another great use of this whole the technology is and everything is when she's looking down the hallway. And she can see mm-hmm. something, but they can't see it through the video. Yep. And so she takes yep. the camera, the, the Polaroid camera, and takes a Polaroid mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, <laughs> develops it out. And it's like a dude hanging. It, it's really good. And also, it, it's, it's I love it when um, not all technology is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sensitive to ghosts. Let's mm. put it that way. Like, I mm-hmm. think... Um, the fact that an analog piece of equipment can pick this thing up, but a digital piece of equipment can't, I really love. I liked that too. And I, I, I liked the fact that because when, when she first pulled the camera out, when they were first like setting up the seance and all of that, and was like, I'm going to take a picture. Everybody say cheese or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, what has this lady never heard of screenshots? I know, like, right? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> and then the fact that the presence of the camera was like, actually like really important for the rest of the movie was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Like this, this is a, this is a thing. This is like an item we needed in, in to be involved in this plot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how did you feel about later in the movie? <clears throat> Excuse me. When mm-hmm. it does become a a lot more explicitly first person camera stuff, when people start walking around, did you find it distracting at all? Because they go from this zoom setup where it's you know the camera's facing them to yeah. they start walking around their houses, and most of them end up having the camera turned away from them. And um, the one that yeah. that really the one that really stood out to me but I think there's an in-movie explanation for it, <clears throat> was at the end when Gemma comes to Haley's house. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, it just explicitly turns into handheld camera type stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and what occurred to me, though, I was like, oh, well, all the lights are out. And so mm-hmm. I think she's using the screen light as like a flashlight. And so that kind of clears that for me a little bit more or maybe she's actually just using the flashlight on the on the phone but the camera's yeah. still going i'm not told but i but i i can i can i can track that one a little bit more i think now that i think when i think about it yeah i i, I think logistically it doesn't bother me so much mm-hmm. because like you you can just have it you can be like on a zoom on your phone and do the like flip your screen like 
like the same way when you're on your camera, you mm-hmm. want to like take a selfie or then you want to take a picture. Um, so like that didn't bother me in terms of like the mechanics of it. What bothered me more was sort of the like, you then don't get to see the actor in, sure. in this scene. When like, it, it, it's great for some of those like Haley slowly walking through her apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, going down the hallway because she heard something like it's great for those tension moments where it's like quiet and every you all the other people are there and they're also kind of holding their breath and like oh my god what is it what's happening um but yeah later on it it kind of becomes a little like depersonalizing like you don't not that i'm like super like chomping at the bit to like yeah i want to see all these people murdered let me look (laughs) at their faces while they die but like it does lessen the impact of it yeah. when everything's facing away from them in those climactic moments. Yeah, I, I would I would argue that I think what they're trying to do, especially at the end there, is they need to pull you in to the moment as much as possible. Yeah. And so I think turning it around to making it a first person from the viewer's point of view is probably the best way to do that because then you can really get into those crevices or those doors that are open uh, just a crack and she's pushing them Mm -hmm. open and you know you have no control over whether or not she goes into those rooms but you're also right there you're the first line of defense or whatever happens to be in there and i think as as they push into the climax i think i think they need they need you to be in there as much as possible definitely and i also think like it it does kind of in those moments become more of a traditional found footage movie and Mm -hmm. and i think it's because like for the reasons you just described that's what makes found footage style work yeah is that it makes you feel like you're actually there and you're moving through the space with the characters and that you are like that first line of defense for anything that you encounter and that's Mm. what makes them so effective well you know it's like i've said multiple times on the show Uh oh i no, it's it's not controversial (laughs) or anything well maybe it is i don't know but there's i i don't think the the number one thing that i hate in most scary movies is when someone is going into a room and they immediately change the camera angle to be inside Mm. the room as the person comes into the room because mm-hmm. there's nothing scary about that because you the person who is viewing the movie are already in the room. And so, right. you know, you can get sure you can get like a nice backlit shot of someone coming into a dark room, but there's no nothing scary about it because the Right, the, we already know who that is. Right, and the scariness of going into this room is going into the room. So mm-hmm. if you switch the point of view so you are already in the room, then what are we even doing here? You know, it, there's <laughs> yeah. Cause then you're the scary thing in the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I've said like the, uh, I still think one of the scariest, <laughs> well, it's uh, he's, he's done it to me twice. Um, David Lynch <laughs> is a master at this. Like the, oh, yeah. the, the scare, one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life is that Denny sequence from Mulholland drive. Oh, yeah. Where, like, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about because it scared the shit out of you. Did you really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, please send that to me. I really want to read that. Oh, God. I'll have to find it. It was was back in undergrad. I have no idea. Legitimately, the first time I saw that movie, I was like, I was obsessed with that movie. Yeah. 
mostly because of that single scene, because it was just yeah. so terrifying. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's the thing where you you you're going to this pushing into this unknown area that with an obstruction in front of you and then the thing comes at you you don't yep. see the thing from the from the thing's point of view and the other one is in uh twin peaks when uh, uh mm. what is it i can't remember if it's the show or if it's fire walk with me where someone is going into laura's bedroom i think the mother's going into laura's bedroom and you see her from her point of view slowly push the door open and then it just reveals Bob at the foot of her bed. Uh, it's fucking yep, terrifying. Yep, yep. yep. You know, and if you and if you have a shot inside the room of her opening that door, it diffuses that entire tension. Well, yeah, because it's it's sort of like an like it's a different priority in those shots. Like the priority that is like rather than making you scared, we're going to show you the face of somebody else getting scared. Right. Like. That's and it, it it puts you the audience at like a level of remove again, and so yeah, it's just it's not. I agree. I don't think it's as, as it's as effective to do it that way. Yeah, I've I've never found when very rarely have I found when they try to do the the person is going to see the thing first. You're going to see their reaction and then you see it. I almost mm-hmm. never find that as scary as if you are right there with them seeing it for the first time. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it feels like an old school kind of like <laughs> film trick, like, you know, like B movies back in the day where there'd be like the damsel in distress and they're like, you see it, you see the monster and you're horrified, right, right. you scream, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like, because we can't show it because it's, you know, not in the budget to have the monster right. on set right now. <laughs> well, it's it's this is going to sound silly, but it's almost like a literary approach because mm-hmm. like 90%, well, obviously 100% because it's written, but H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories, his oh, monsters yeah. are very rarely like uh, specifically defined with uh yeah, imagery barely described yeah they are they're described more through what seeing them does to the people who see them you know where yeah. it's more about how this person was driven insane by the absolute indescribable horror that they could that they just witnessed and in that sense it works there but i think because you know your 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 imagination is is kind of filling in the gaps for you but in a mm-hmm. movie uh, you get it just doesn't work for me in a movie like it, it the only time it's ever come close to working is when they tried to do literally the lovecraft thing in in the mouth of madness where they mm. have sam neil looking into the abyss while the the girl is reading from the book so she's reading the lovecraftian description and all you're seeing is sam neil's face mm-hmm. reacting to what she's reading like to what he's seeing it kind of works yeah. there but generally it doesn't work well, I, I think I think the reason it kind of works in situations like that is because they're doing it for a reason. Right. Like it, it, yeah. it's 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 a choice, not just like oh, this is the default. This is the style of how you how you shoot a scary movie, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, what happens too often now, where it's just like no, now and now the camera angle switches to here because that's just yeah. what you do. And I know I mentioned this when we covered the movie, but I I'm convinced. Fifty percent of the reason why that weird dog suit guy in The Shining is as scary as it is, 
is because <laughs> the angle you see that guy is as if you are yeah. walking down the hall and stumble upon whatever's going on in that room. Yeah. <laughs> they don't shoot it from no, the inside to- totally of the room. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they shot it from the dog suit man's point of view, it would be much less scary. It would just be like Wendy looking in a doorway, looking right. horrified. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but on, on the, uh, there's a, a, an old, a horror movie from 1960 called um, City of the Dead with uh, Christopher mm. Lee, which uh, I, I love. is I, I, is one of my, my favorite older um, horror movies. And I, I think we'll probably do it eventually on the show. But uh, the DVD cool. actually has him doing commentary. And the commentary mm. is awesome because it's him just like oh, me- it's him talking about the movie. But it's like more so him musing about his thoughts about horror and like what mm. works and what doesn't and stuff like that. And he said in this commentary, the scariest thing on earth is an open door. And I was like, wow, mm. yeah, he's right. He's pretty much right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he seems like a man who would know what he was talking about when it came to scary shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That guy, man, somebody should make a movie about his life because it's unbelievable. He was in the I SAS. I the shit out of that. He was a Nazi hunter, basically, and he worked for the British Special Forces. And then after that, he was Dracula. <laughs> the coolest man to ever live. Yes. Uh, I feel like so many of those guys have those kind of lives, though, where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, Ted Williams, greatest baseball hitter in the, the history of the world or whatever, goes off and becomes like a jet fighter for three years in the yeah. Second World War. Yeah. Jack Kirby. Oh, yeah. It was created captain america then he went to fight the nazis and came back and he just casually created the marvel universe yeah and it wasn't like like johnny cash was also like he did he did something cool and like even like julia child was like a code breaker or something that's awesome yeah it's like all these people man you know who did nothing cool during the second world war (laughs) who john wayne because he's a fucking coward that's why He specifically got out of military service in World War II because he thought he convinced the, 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 the army that he would be of more use to the war effort back home making movies about the war. I'm not making that up. Well, in that case, he was probably right. Yeah, but, you know, he could have been killed in the war, which would have really made my life better. But... Uh, that's that's wow. Very I know, that's Clay me. is coming out strong against John Wayne. <laughs> no, that's that's a running thread through all of our shows. Is how much I hate John Wayne. So. Oh, okay. I'm glad I'm in on the, I'm in on this information now. Now I yeah, know how to torment you. He was you. a trash person. Anyway, um, well, so one of the other things I wanted to mention is the monster itself. Uh, who is not mm. who is not doesn't have a name, but let's call him Jack for for uh, his sake. Yeah, for um, simplicity really kind of cool i don't think i really picked up on the first time i watched this i don't think i really picked up on exactly what they were doing with this creature this demon but it's actually Mm. really cool it's Mm -hmm. it's this idea where um because Gemma during this uh, attempt to to reach people on the other side because she creates a fake persona in this jack Mm -hmm. person she's essentially created an empty vessel that anything could inhabit and then become this yeah. thing which i is really cool 
Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think that's kind of the part that reminded me of Autopsy of Jane Doe because okay. in Jane Doe, you're sort of like, you go through periods in that movie where you're like, oh, well, this, this poor young woman, she must have been persecuted and like wrongly persecuted as a witch. But then whatever malevolent spirit is actually inside of her just continues killing. And it, right, it's not... Right. It's not actually a revenge thing. It's not like, oh, it's a it's a it's a corrupted human soul in there. It's like, no, it's something else, and she just became an avatar or like vessel for it. Mm. And I think that's kind of where my brain was drawing the connection sure. to this movie. Sure, where it's that that similar concept, like you were saying, where they've they've made a like what do what do they say in the movie that it's like it's like you made a mask and anything can put it on. Yes, yeah. Once again. Yeah, that kind of thing. Once again, Billy Joel's a stranger makes an appearance. <laughs> <clears throat> I was 100% convinced you were just going to, like, for no reason, start insulting John Wayne again. <laughs> oh, I could. I could go on for a long time if I, if I really wanted to. Next podcast, <clears throat> next, ne- next yeah. episode. He made a movie where he played Genghis Khan. And you know what happened when he made that movie? He got fucking cancer and he died. Oh. <laughs> Serves him right. <laughs> it's true. Like pretty much everybody who worked in that movie ended up getting cancer and dying because they shot it in Russia, uh, like in basically oh. a radioactive part of Russia. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Anyway, wow. <clears throat> um, fuck. Billy Joel's "Stranger," great song. Uh, yep. But yeah, it's it is a very it's it's kind of. It reminds me what now that you've explained it the way you have. It reminds me a little bit of the mm. Evil Dead and what is mm. what is so scary about the Evil Dead, at least the first one anyway, is that the monster, the demons, they don't have any agenda other than to just yeah. kill everybody. <laughs> and, yeah. And and harass and and just be just just get rid of everyone. And that's just be demons. Right, right, which is refreshing, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking where it's like it's it's like some of these other movies they fall into the trap of like over explaining yeah their their monster the the evil like it's like we have to get real nitpicky and we got to get real like down to the minutia of like why does this evil spirit want to harm me though how is this connected to my own personal trauma yeah, kind of. And in this one, it's just like, nope, there are demons or evil spirits or whatever you want to call them, and they just want to do bad things. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think the look of this creature, like the glimpses you get of it is pretty good. Yeah, he he almost looks like he's like charred or something. It's it's a very yeah. like uh, uh, charcoal-y kind of like black burnt kind of look which is a little surprising i guess based on mm. the fact that i he's i guess he's supposed to be like a i don't really know what he's supposed to be but i, I wasn't expecting that let's put it that way yeah but i like i like it where it's like the very like like you said like the charcoal kind of skin and the like almost like completely white eyes right yeah yeah and i i think it i think it works very well for what they're doing and 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 also specifically how uh, little money I'm going to assume that they had to do this because everything is so dark 
and you only get these quick glimpses of things. Yeah, if you just rub a bunch of charcoal over your buddy's face and then have him make a <laughs> scary monster face for half a second, it's going to look terrifying. Yeah, and I, and I, th- I think that works not only budget-wise, but again, like, keeping it simple, not having something, like, super elaborate. And if you're only going to kind of do these, like, glimpses and, and these sort of, like, jarring, like, like shots but not like any sustained viewing then you can get away with that it, mm. it, you're you're not giving you're not giving your audience a chance to like sit there and stare at it and kind of nitpick like what's makeup and what's been like digitally enhanced right right how did you feel about the final jump scare at the end because that i paranormal paranormal activity famously has mm. a final jump scare that uh was was much um what's the word i'm looking for it wasn't controversial but it wasn't there originally and then apparently steven spielberg saw the movie and he's like you know what you need you need a monster Uh. shot at the end and uh (laughs) and it's not great it seems kind of cheap and you know the the final monster face into the camera thing can i feel like a lot of times comes off as like a, a a cheesy final attempt uh, to scare people, what did you think about this one? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth. Like, I almost think there would have been something kind of great if they had just because at the very end, it's Haley and Gemma together walking down the hallway back into Haley's living room, right? Mm-hmm. And Haley's using the camera flash, and I think Gemma's holding the the phone or whatever. They they're still kind of streaming on i kind of wonder how it would have been if they had just gotten closer and closer and then the call had just ended yeah like i I don't know i don't know if that would have felt like maybe leaving it a little too loose or like not doing enough at the very end there Mm -hmm. but i but i also i don't know i think i maybe would have liked it i'm kind of torn yeah i I'm I generally don't love that last kind of jump scare thing. However, yeah. I think here I think they earn it pretty well. Um yeah. not only because they set it up in the way that they handle their monster up to this point. Mm-hmm. But that last bit where it's just camera flash, camera flash, camera yeah. flash. It's like you got you got to do something. You know it's coming. You know? Right, they're building up to it intentionally, right, which right. which feels more like a choice than just like, oh, and now we put in the last jump scare of the monster face. Like it, it seems like they wanted to lead up to that. Yeah, because I mean, you think about the uh, final shots of uh, found footage movie past, where you've got the most mm-hmm. the most famous one is the Blair Witch. Where yep. it's just the you know the camera falls and you see the person standing in the corner, which I think is very effective. It's uh, oh, it's so good. I'll be honest. I I I think the Blair Witch is probably on our list. That'll be an interesting rewatch because I I watched yeah. that movie for the first time well after it had become a phenomenon. And oh really? So, yeah, and so it didn't really. I don't know. I didn't really like it, but I did like that last mm. scene. I thought the last last scene was really good. Um, I will be excited to talk about the Blair Witch. Yeah. I, I will hold it for that episode, but 
I will be excited to talk I'm, about I'm, it. I'm, I honestly am excited to talk about it because I've only seen it the one time. So it'll be interesting mm. to go back, you know, geez, 25 years later and, uh, and try yeah. it out again. Um, but yeah, then you've got Paranormal Activity that does do the jump scare thing and it doesn't really work and kind of ruins some of the what, what's nice about yeah. the rest of the movie. And this one kind of is somewhere in the middle where it's like they figured out how to blend both of those styles and, and I think they make it work pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm not mad at it. I, I would be curious to see how the ending hit if they hadn't done that. But mm-hmm. I'm also not like, oh, what a cop out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I will say that the uh, the other person in the room with me while I was watching this this time may or may not have screamed very loudly when it happened. So <laughs> mission accomplished, which, I guess. I was going to say, which always like if if that happens, then you're like, well, I mean, clearly they made the right choice. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we round it out on host? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think I'm just, I'm kind of, I, I think one of the most impressive things about this movie, just to sort of round it out, was is not only the way it plays with technology around, like, these the sort of more stereotypical, like, haunted house spooky, like, tropes. Mm-hmm. I'm also still just kind of impressed with how realistic these friends felt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they, they felt like a believable, like, oh, all these people probably went to college together and they've been out of college for a while. And now that they're not able to like go out and meet up for drinks, their friendships are getting kind of like weird and distant and maybe a little awkward at times. Like people are maybe starting to outgrow one another. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it felt very believable in a way to me that I think made me more, like, comfortable with all of them, but, like, therefore more invested in all of them, which mm. obviously makes the scares more effective. So I was pleasantly surprised because I had really low expectations for the acting in this movie. <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, I think the I think the acting is, is great. I think, like you're saying, I think they're very, all very believable and... um they must be friends in real life because I don't know if you can, yeah. if you can fake the the level of comfort that these they all have with each other. Yeah, and and when I when I say that I had low expectations for the acting, I think it was more I I was kind of ready because I knew that the central conceit of this movie, and I was sort of ready for it to kind of ride on on that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, like kind of yeah. rely on on its on its gimmick to get it through. I was, so I was pleasantly surprised that like the people felt realistic to me too. And like the way they talked to one another felt like the way real people talk. It didn't feel like scripted or stilted in any weird way. Yeah. Apparently um, they did. They had a, excuse me. They were, they had a script, but it was more um, uh, a film treatment as the basis for their performance rather than a fully worked up script. And they used improvisation mm. and live feedback from the director during their takes. And uh, sometimes, oh. oh, it says, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Rob would be typing on Zoom while we're in the middle of a scene telling us what to say. It was like live scripting or he'd private message me is what uh, Gemma, huh. Gemma was saying about it. Um, wow. They uh, they were only given details. They were given the details only of their own parts, with the fates of the other characters being withheld from them. Uh, mm. they, the 
director and the writer mentioned several influences on the film, including Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity, Lake Mungo, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is very good. Oh, I don't know that one. And I think it might be on the list. I'm not totally sure. And uh, Ghost Watch. Have you ever seen Ghost Watch? Oh, God. Ghost Watch is really cool. I'll I'll have to look because that name is so familiar, but I don't know. It's a British fake reality, like pseudo documentary thing from 1992 where it's it's supposed to be a BBC news broadcast on Halloween of um, uh, what the fuck is it? They are uh, investigating a haunted family, essentially. And obviously, things start mm. to get more uh, ghostly as it goes on. It's really <laughs> good. It it works. It doesn't work quite as well in the streaming era because mm-hmm. you're watching it on a giant TV and you can kind of see the strings a little bit more. But um, yeah. if you can find it, it's worth a watch. It was on Shutter for a while, I think, if you really want to find it. I think if you go to archive.org, you might be able to find it there because I think that's where I found it the last time I watched it. So, okay. <clears throat> didn't hear that from me. <laughs> Except that you did. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah, Ghost Watch is cool. Uh, it's worth cool. a watch. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it seems like they were there's more improv, and so it is it, that uh, casual casualness between them is is clearly real. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. I thought that was a good choice. Um, what do you think about the placement on this list? It's number 34, which is very high. Yeah. Do you think it belongs on the list? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it does too. Yeah, yeah. Strong, strong, strong yes to that. Like, I was pleasantly surprised, like I said, by how, how good the acting is. I found it legitimately scary yeah. at, at, at several points and like brutally efficient about it too, which is, which is interesting because like you could argue the first like 20 minutes of this 55 minute movie are pretty slow. Yeah. They, they like, take their time. Like they, I actually yeah. do think though, I do think that the pacing of this movie is very good. I think they yes. have yeah. like perfect control over everything that's happening and they, they pace it out very well. Yes, it builds tension in a really great way. They play with the technology and sort of like we said, like the filters and the backgrounds. And they do it in a way that feels like true to life. Like like it's not overdone. They're not like like hammering you over the head with it all the time. But they are using it the way that like, yeah, your one friend who's like going to be on the Zoom call who's going to be like goofing around with filters. Like, mm-hmm. so... I, I feel like this movie has a lot to recommend it. 34 still feels really high to it me. It does, yeah. Like, yeah. if you told me this was, like, 55 or 75, I'd be like, hmm, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it should be somewhere in there. I mean, if we're if we're going by our... Uh, our, <laughs> our uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our measuring stick here. The Shining. Mm. The Shining is number seventy-seven. Oh well, that's better than it was. I feel like the last time we looked. Yeah, it's uh, it's gone on quite a ride. It went from one hundred one <laughs> to one thirteen mm-hmm. to one eleven to one twelve, and then up to seventy-seven. Yeah, I mean, I I still think of 
you know, The Shining just in terms of the longevity and the impact it's had on the genre and the sort of timelessness of it. Like when I think of all of those things and then I think of this movie, I'm like, this movie is really scary. I could definitely see it kind of triggering a lot of copycats the way something like Blair Witch did. Mm -hmm. But do I think that it's up to the, the shining level? Maybe not quite. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'd swap them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's interesting. I think the thing that's going to be, um, interesting to follow with this movie is, Mm -hmm how much longevity it does have because yeah on the one hand i think it absolutely belongs on the list because i think it is a once in a lifetime movie yeah because the conditions and the content and the uh the framing device is so specific to that time and the time period that we were and are in Mm -hmm. um Somebody somebody got there, somebody did it, and they knocked it out of the park. And I don't know if you yeah. really can do it again because that was such a singular moment in time. Yeah. So for yeah. that for that element, I do think it be- belongs on the list because it is a found it's a found footage movie, but they found a new way to do it that was so relatable to the moment that it that that it came out. However, on the other side, what does this movie look like in 20 years? Does it still work? I was just going to say, it almost reminds me of Scream in the sense of like, Scream worked so well when the first Scream movie came out because people didn't really have cell phones. Like, right. Right. Maybe you did, but it was like, oh, I, you know, I only have X amount of minutes on my phone and like nobody texted. <laughs> could you like could you imagine if that was in the first scream if if Ghostface <laughs> was like, "We actually have to make this quick because I've yeah. only got 10 minutes left on my prepaid <laughs> cell phone." So if you could quickly answer my question so I can kill you, that would be great. Right, but like that that's that's what I yeah, that's what I mean. Like 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 the landline had to be a a primary form of communication that everybody had and understood and used commonly in their every day mm-hmm. for that movie to work the way it did. And I think that's why this movie works so well is that like so many of us have become just so accustomed to zoom in the last two years, but yeah, in, in, in you say like, what is this going to look like in 20 years? What is it going to look like in five? True. Yeah. You know, like, who knows? Five years before this, we did not think we would ever be, like, regularly using video conferencing for, like, meetings and friend hangouts and doctor's appointments and all sorts of shit. So, like, five years before this, five years before this was when uh, Unfriended came out, which is the same or very similar kind of conceit as far as the the video call uh, structure. And I don't think anybody saw it. Right. And five years from now, we could all be in the metaverse permanently. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree that I feel like this should be on the list because I do think it's a good quality scary movie. I don't know if it should be in the top, like, 50. Yeah, that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. Uh, I'm actually, on the other hand, I am very much looking forward to what 
the director does next. He's got a movie coming mm. out, uh, I think, this year called oh. Dash Cam, which seems oh. to be another. It's not. I mean, you know, it kind of speaks for itself as the. It's a movie from the point of view of a dash cam, but. I thought you were going to say from the point of view of a car. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, that's 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 on the Patreon where we cover Christine. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, the writer, uh, Jed Shepard, he did a crowdfunding for this thing called Ghosts, which I think mm. I backed. I'm not even totally sure if I know exactly what it is. But it's some sort of like um, it's a video game that is a oh. a horror video game that I think has like uh, very specific parameters to like when you can play it. But when you do play it, there's a, a whole um, multitude of different possibilities of things you can do. Like the, as far as the story goes, and it has hmm. um, it has a few of the uh, uh, the girls from from host in it it's got uh radina and Haley and Gemma are all in it and oh. apparently tori spelling so that's fun oh <clears throat> but yeah it bo- wow. either way looking forward to what these guys do next um be very interesting to see where they go yeah. um yeah i think that's gonna do it for host uh i hit the randomizer button but um i think next time we are going to put out our coverage of the 1958 version of The Fly, which we did with Wes for Patreon last year, I believe, mm. uh, just to give us a little bit of breathing room here. And uh, as <laughs> I get back- you need as you re- yeah. <laughs> recuperate from COVID. Exactly. But I did hit the randomizer, beep, boop, 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 boop. And after that, so after we do The Fly, we'll be doing number 127, which is 2019's Crawl, which is a- Ooh alligator or crocodile i can't remember which one it's an alligator movie which i saw in the theater and i fucking loved so i'm looking forward to watching that again (laughs) awesome i'm very much looking forward to it excellent uh everybody thank you for listening uh if you'd like to help support the show you can go to patreon.com slash the penske file and sign up for sign up for our patreon where you can listen to amanda and i cover the second string of stephen king this year we're doing the Stephen King movies that are uh, not the ones that are that get all the awards and all the accolades. <laughs> <clears throat> These the second yep. stringers like uh, the Dark Half <laughs> and Needful Things. And this month we'll be doing Christine, which I'm very excited yes. about because I've never actually seen before. And uh, wow. it also has our entire coverage of the Friday the Thirteenth series on there, as well as uh, all sorts of other podcasts from from years back uh, that we've done. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amanda, for joining me. Thank you, Clay. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>